the word of God. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I want to thank uh, Pastor Richie and uh, his precious wife for a uh, great time together, new friendships, and uh, grateful for uh, being able to sow the seed of the word into your life. I believe God's going to give a great harvest. And uh, thank you for sowing into our ministry. We really need that. We appreciate that. And uh, one more thing. There's, I think, two books left. Finally, God makes sense. There's a lot of great stories in here uh, from our own ministry. Um, the book is called Finally, God Makes Sense. And the reason for that is uh, for a long time in my own ministry, you walk by faith. How many of you know that Abraham were going not knowing? The Bible says Abraham were going not knowing as in a foreign land. That tells me that Abraham felt foreign at times. If you feel comfortable all the time, you're probably in your comfort zone because you don't feel foreign. If you're following the Lord, you're going to have a lot of foreign feelings. Going, not knowing, but going. See, the only faith can go without knowing. That's why your flesh like a GPS because you don't need to think, you don't need to concentrate. You listen to that woman on that GPS, uh, she knows the way. It makes sense when the, the pieces of the puzzle come together. Of all the prophetic words, I realize God is faithful. He will never let you down. This will bless you. Uh, tonight I want to talk to you uh, about somebody in the Bible that um, had a very, very bad lifestyle. And um, it's not somebody that wrote a book. It's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of the gospel writers, not one of them. It's not an apostle. It's not a prophet. You say, well, is it even worth it to talk about a person that is, doesn't tick all those boxes? I want to talk to you tonight about uh, Mary Magdalene. You say, well, what can you really tell us about her? Not much. What I can tell you is we need to follow her footprint. How many of you know that your footprint reveals who you are? If I can find your footprint, you don't need to tell me one bit about your life. I'll tell you who you are. Amen. Thank you for your excitement. <laughs> you see, you thought it's going to be about the Holy Ghost tonight. It's going to be about the footprint. Amen. The reason I want to talk about her is... Um, you know, sometimes it's just awesome to watch Jesus in the scriptures, what he says, how, what he does. And then to watch people around him, how they operate. One day if I come back, I'll talk to you about Peter. Uh, you can say, talk about Mary Magdalene. And by just following her footsteps, that blesses me. So this is not a sermon. This is just following her footsteps. I'm not going to preach a sermon uh, I want you to follow her footsteps tonight. And out of that, I hope by the end of the service, you will ask the Lord, fill me with the passion that she had. Fill me with the love that she had for you. Because um, it's very impressive.
Now let me start with Mary Magdalene and break the ice or break the, uh, the, the evening open. The first thing I want to say about her is that uh, she had seven demons. Now most Americans have never seen the manifestation of demons. Most Americans in churches have never seen what that looked like. I think some of the demons come into our churches, but they feel so safe, so they don't reveal who they really are. Uh, but she had seven demons. Seven means, speaks of perfection. She was perfectly demonized. Now, to be demonized, you are tormented. You are tormented to a level that not one of you can even imagine what that looks like. I've seen it in Africa, I've seen it in South America, I will never forget, I was in a stadium in Suriname, which is the northern part of South America, and I was preaching in a stadium and I couldn't get a breakthrough that night, and I was, it was in a, a, a lot of people, and I was in this huge stage, very high from the, from the lawn, and long story short, I had a very tough night preaching, and as I walked down the platform, there was carpets in front of the platform, the moment I walked down, a one block of women fell out uh, and they started to crawl like snakes and they made the hiss sounds of snakes. In the meantime, I've, we found out afterwards it was Satan worshippers that came to break up the service. So um, there's people that are really demonized and uh, when, the, when the anointing comes in, it can show. Uh, so Mary Magdalene had seven demons. She was completely demonized. Uh, she was tormented. The religious leaders of those days, they even called them in and tried to uh, address the problem and they could not, they could not drive the demons out because the demons are not going to listen to a religious spirit. Uh, and uh, so, th so this is Mary Magdalene. A beautiful thing about her that I find is that she was the last one at the crucifixion when Jesus was crucified she was the last one at that crucifixion another truth about her is that the Bible says she served Jesus with all her possessions she had a business the other beautiful thing about her is that she was the first one at the tomb now when you talk about the tomb you, you immediately you talk about resurrection. When you talk about the cross, you talk about crucifixion. So here we find Mary at the cross and at the tomb. And those two things are things that we need to bring back in the church. We, we, are, we are in a church world today that does not preach much about crucifixion. And they don't like to preach about the resurrection. They preach about the three steps to uh, more money and the five ideas that will make you feel better and the six concepts of how uh, to get a breakthrough and the seven ideas and eight triceps and biceps and all kinds of steps. And uh, th that's what the whole church world is, is full of. And uh, we've, we, we must bring the footprint, we must bring back the crucifixion and the resurrection in our preaching. And if you lose your passion for those two things, then even you are on a journey uh, away from the real truth. Amen? Thank you for your excitement. Now, so uh, she was last at the, at the crucifixion and she was first at the tomb. 
And uh, so now what we're going to do is we're going to read from John chapter 20 and these pieces of my pages that's just gone. So I'm just going to read, guessing what I read. <laughs> uh, I'm old school. I still like my Bible. And uh, so now on the first day of the week, uh, Mary went to the tomb early. And those are the parts that has gone when it was still dark. So I told you we're going to follow her footprint. We're going to follow her footprint. It doesn't say... And uh, it was still dark and Peter and John and uh, Mark and Luke were there. It says Mary went to the tomb when it was still dark. There is a powerful thing right there. She didn't wait for sunrise. Her love for Jesus Christ is too intense to wait until sunrise. She was last at the crucifixion. That was a bloody mess. And um, she was brokenhearted, uh, she was delivered, uh, this man that was crucified delivered her from seven demons, you must understand when you are that deeply delivered, you have a passion and a love for Jesus that outshines all others, I grew up in Pentecost but I've always said to the Lord help me that I will understand who you really are, help me that I will go deep in my passion and my love for you because uh, Jesus, I cannot just preach a, a lukewarm kind of message. So the Bible says she went when it was still dark and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So now she saw the stone has been removed. And she ran and she came to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now the other disciple was John. And she ran to, uh, to, uh, and, and, and she said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So her concern is, where is he? She is concerned, where is the body? And she immediately said, they have taken him away. So she's making a statement. She thought they stole the body. How many of you know that if they've stole the body that day, your salvation was stolen, your healing was stolen? Now she did not know he was resurrected. It didn't dawn on her that he was resurrected. So she ran to Peter and John, therefore um, <clears throat> they both ran. So now Peter and John ran to the tomb. And, uh, and the Bible says they ran. Uh, I like it. I like the word ran. I don't want to preach about the word ran, but we need to bring back an excitement in the church that will bring you here before the service starts because you're afraid there will be no empty seats. Where are the days that we will show up at church half an hour, an hour before the time? Because I remember those days in South Africa because there's not seats for everybody. I've just spoken at church one month ago. Millennials in Pretoria, South Africa. You can, you, they have three services a weekend. You can, you can register for the prayer meeting Saturday night. Or you can register for Sunday morning, Sunday night. You can only attend one of the three. You do not have seats. You cannot attend more than one. Sunday night prayer meeting, they have 400 seats. They take out the chairs because they can bring more people in to pray and they walk in circles praying. Within, within five seconds, all the prayer registrations is out because they do it on an app. I was there. I've got go to my Facebook page, scroll down. There's a posting that says, watch the excitement, listen to the excitement. You will see it with your own eyes. 
Sunday morning is with, within 20 seconds, Sunday morning service is taken. You can only attend one of the three that don't have seats. That is passion. They start on a Saturday night, 9.30 prayer. Millennials. I'm not talking about old people. Millennials. They will not do weddings late on Saturdays. They will not do anything, weddings, parties, whatever, because they will be at the prayer meeting. They want to be at the prayer meeting. They, they, in the summertime, they organized an open-air prayer, and over 2,000 millennials showed up to pray, not to sing songs, no teaching at the prayer meeting, no praise and worship at the prayer meeting, prayer. Come on. Come on. We teach too much on prayer, and that causes us not to pray. There's nothing wrong with teaching on prayer. Okay, so you need to make time tonight. I have a very early flight tomorrow morning. I'm going to leave the hotel at quarter after four. So I, 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 I know what it feels like. So if I'm out of here, the last one, you can be, you can be out of here just before me, one second before me. Okay, thank you. I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm going to help you tonight in a strange way. Okay. <laughs> Therefore, Peter went out and the other disciple, and they were going, they both ran. And the Bible says, and the other disciple outran Peter so now we know that Peter was not a good athlete now verse 5 6 7 and 8 is actually huge and I'm not going to minister about verse 5 6 7 and 8 I'm going to give you a nugget of truth I wrote a book about those four verses and never printed the book and 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 uh, I don't want to really print books more but um, let me just give you the 5 6 7 and 8 and as free it's free amen you don't need to pay for it but, and I'm going to be very brief because it's actually a huge uh, revelation right there. I call it progressive revelation. Verse 5 says, and he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths there lying there and yet he did not go in. So now this is John. John arrived at the tomb. He saw the linen cloths and he did not go in. Isn't it sad? And I can preach on this. Isn't it sad that many people arrive at the right place but they never enter? Are you here in a service tonight where you're going to hear what God is saying, but you will not enter? So he did not enter. He stood outside. That's John. So the Bible says, then Simon Peter came, the slower one, and he went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there. So Peter went in. Now, Peter had a different temperament. And one day when I come back, I'll talk, teach you about Peter. It's huge. It's a huge sermon God has given me just lately. Um, he went into the tomb and the Bible says he saw. So John saw, Peter saw, watch this, verse 7, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folding together in a place by itself. So immediately, Peter gives us a little better description of what he saw on the inside. You see, the more you enter, the more you will see. And uh, then the other disciple, verse 8, who came to the tomb first, went in also. So John saw twice. Because John went in because Peter went in. So you need to be a Peter that will cause other people to enter. Come on. Ask God to give you a, a temperament that will, you will be the reason why others will follow Christ. You need to have a kind of a DNA that will make other people want to follow Christ. So because John will now actually get the greater revelation. Not Peter. John, John saw twice. 
and, 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 and my, my, my approach is, if I can get you to go further than what I have gone in my lifetime, then I've done the right thing. I'm not here to tell you how mighty I am. I'm here to tell you, pick you up, especially the younger generation, put you on my shoulder and say, now you touch something in your lifetime that I could not touch in my lifetime. Now watch this, watch this, and this is the, then I'm going to walk away from it. When John arrived at the tomb and he saw, that word means observe. When Peter arrived at the tomb and he went into the tomb, that word means perceive. When John went into the, tomb, into the tomb and he saw the second time, that word means discern. Now, I don't want to preach about observers, perceivers, and discerners. There's a lot of observers in the church. Come on. When you go to a football game, the observers never play the game. They are on the pavilion and they know the game better than the ones that play the game. Come on. And you will hear how they react because they think the player made a huge mistake. In the church, it's the same. It's normally those who does not know how the Holy Ghost works that want to tell the church how to do praise and worship. Sorry, guys. I'm a li- I have a different side to me, and I'm going to show that to you tonight. Amen. <laughs> I've got you. You came to the wrong service, but it's going to be the right one in the end. Don't worry. So what I'm saying to you is be a, be a believer That'll discern what is going on. Discern the hour. Discern the season we're living in. Don't be an observer. Be a discerner. And when you were a discerner, my goodness, man, the Bible says uh, Peter saw and believed. Uh, John saw and believed. So there's progressive revelation right there. Let's walk away from that. For as yet, they did not know that the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Verse 9. So verse 9 is now, Basically, the first part of this whole chapter. We're watching Mary Magdalene, but we got stuck with Peter and John. Verse 10 says, Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. They went to the tomb, ran back. The disciples went back to their own homes. The disciples, the followers of Christ, went back to their own homes. Homes, verse 11. But Mary. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. That's, that's, that caught my eye. We're living in a day where people are going home. Going home on Pentecost, going home on the Holy Ghost, going home on doing more than one service on a Sunday, going home on their passion. But Mary, the one who had seven demons, decided, I cannot go home. I cannot go home. I'm not a happy person. I need to know where is my Jesus? Come on. Why are you here on a Monday night? Because you've decided you cannot stay home tonight. There's something in you that brought you here. And it could be the spirit of a Mary Magdalene that's saying there's something's going to happen. And I need to be the first one that will be there when it happens. Come on, church. Come on. 
But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she, uh, she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels uh, at the head and at the feet where the body had lain. And they said to her, why are you weeping? So now we have two angels. She saw the two angels. Now we have two angels, one at the head and one at the feet. But the body's not there. But why is the angels there? In the Old Testament, they always had to have two testimonies to confirm that a case is true. And when they crucified Jesus, and this is just my perception, when they crucified Jesus, what did they give him? They gave him two murderers. They, gave, they put two people on his side. The crucifixion was ugly. The crown of thorns was ugly. The blood, the water. He, they, he, it was an ugly crucifixion. They humiliated him. But then they decided, in order to make him look even worse, let's decorate him with two criminals. Let's give him two of the worst people you can find who murdered other people and put them on his side and let that be the testimony of what we think of him. Come on. And they made a horrible mistake because the one murderer had a final conversation with Jesus and Jesus said, today you will be in paradise with me. So they gave Jesus a murderer and they sent the murderer right into paradise. Come on. Send us the junk. Send us the rejected people. Send us those that are criminals. Send us those that are filthy and dirty. You will not, you will not caught God off guard. He will save them. He will heal them. He will deliver them. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the day we are going in. Hallelujah. But God decided, I will send two angels as testimonies. I cannot trust man with my son. They crucified my son. I will send two angels that will guard the testimony because after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days on the earth. He spent enough time and he, he, he appeared to many people so that the confirmation is there. Jesus is alive. And they said to her, why are you weeping? Now you must understand, angels don't weep. Angels never sinned. Angels doesn't know what it feels like to be saved. They don't know what it feels like to be delivered. They don't know what it feels like to have seven demons that torment you and turn you into a snake. Humiliate you. Try to destroy you. And they said to her, why are you weeping? Now watch what she said. We're watching the footprint of Mary Magdalene. That's all we do. Watch what she said. And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. Is he the man in the sky? Is he the guy up there? Like a businessman that said to me, oh, you have connections up there. You, you know, man, you know the guy in the sky. No, sir. When you have been delivered, he's not the man in the sky. 
when you have been delivered from seven demons, he is my Lord. It's mine. What she actually said to the angels by implication is angels. I'm so glad you are here because I had some friends that are called the disciples. Uh, angels, I had John and Mark and Luke and, and Peter. Uh, uh, they have gone home. But Mr. Angel, I cannot go home because I had a different kind of deliverance with this man. This man is my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. I do not know where they have laid him. I want to find out where is my Lord. My name is Mary Magdalene. I'm not a powerful woman. I never wrote a book and I will never write a book. And my name is not Mark, Luke, Peter, John. I'm just a, an ex-demon, demonized woman. I was the dirt of the city. But I need to find out where is this man that has set me free from every demon. Now when she had said this, she turned around, verse 14, and she saw Jesus standing there and she did not know that it was Jesus. Remember, she's weeping. She's depressed. And when you are depressed, you can sometimes see things for the wrong. Her vision was blurred. And we need to change the, the depressing spirit in our churches so that we can have a clear vision of who Jesus is. Come on, she was depressed. She was, she was full of tears. And, and she, 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 she did not realize she's talking to Jesus. Now when she, uh, when she had said that she turned around and she saw Jesus and she did not know it was him. And Jesus said to her, woman... Why are you weeping? Same question that the angels asked. But the difference is Jesus understood tears. Jesus wept when he heard about the death of Lazarus. Why are you weeping? I mean, Jesus understands sin. I mean, he just came out of the tomb. He just came back from hell. He just had an appointment with Satan. He just took the keys of hell and Hades from Satan. He just tormented hell. That's where he went for three days. He just came back from his final mission. He knows what hell feels like. He's looking at her and he's saying, why are you weeping? And then he said something powerful. He said, whom, whom are you seeking? He doesn't say, what are you seeking? Because a corpse is a what? Jesus is not a what. He's not a it. He's not an object. He's a person. He's a person. He can see. He can hear. He can smell. She, he said to her, home. He knew exactly what was going on. But you know what? I think Jesus must have looked at her and must have thought, where is, where is, um, where is Peter? Uh, 
Peter will be my chief apostle in the New Testament because he's, Jesus is also a prophet. He knows the future. And Jesus already saw Peter as the, prof, as the chief apostle in the New Testament. When you read the New Testament, most of the times you will see that the name of Peter is mentioned first. So Jesus must have said, where is Peter? Why is he not here? Uh, where's Mark? Uh, Mark will write one of the Gospels. Where is Luke? Where's John? Where is my disciples? Why are they not here? But the one who had seven demons is the only one. Oh, may God help me. Oh, may God help me that he will find me where I need to be. Jesus probably wondered, where are they? Maybe when God look over the church tonight, he's wondering about where are they? There's nobody in that block. Where are the few empty? Where are they? Where are they? They are not here. But God says, I'm so glad you are here. I'm so glad you are here. I'm so glad you came. Your passion must be different. Because there's not much Monday night passion left in the church. I call it Monday night passion. Hallelujah. Thank you. Okay. 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 I hope this helps you. Whom are you seeking? And she's supposing him to be the gardener. And she said to him, sir, sir. Now she's, now she's getting British. <laughs> sir. Watch what she says. She says, sir. And what she's going to say now is even more powerful. Remember, I'm not preaching. We are watching Mary Magdalene, a woman who had seven demons. And when you, and again, the depth of her deliverance shows me or shows in her footprint when others has gone home. And may God help us that from this night forward, he will restore our footprint. He will restore our footprint in the church and wherever we go. She said, sir, sir. Now watch what she says, sir. If you have carried him away, uh, sir. Sir, if you have carried him away, would you mind telling me where? You have laid him, sir. Um, sir, I, I would like to take him away. Sir, before you ask me questions, sir, my name is Mary Magdalene. Sir, I know what you think. You think I'm a woman. And sir, you think I cannot carry that kind of weight. Sir, sir, you don't understand. Sir, if you really know who I am, sir, would you give me the honor to carry his weight? I will carry him away. Sir, you don't need to do it. Give me the honor, sir. Sir, I had some friends, Peter, James, John. Sir, they are not here. And maybe they would have carried him away. But sir, I'm glad they are not here, sir. Because I'm the one who was tormented by a snake, by Satan. Please give me the honor to carry the weight. I want to take the weight, sir. Jesus looking at her. feel like I want to weep what must Jesus have thought she's willing to carry 
my weight. What weight are you willing to carry in the kingdom of God? Because your passion is driving you to do something before the end comes. That's why I'm 70 years old. I cannot get rid of this mantle upon my life. I want to do the upper room because there's a weight. There's a weight when I meet him in the spirit. When I see him in the spirit. When it dawns on me who he is. I say, oh God, help me that I will not go home too early. Can I, sir, can I carry him? If, if you are the one, sir, you carried him away, please, I will carry him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, The moment Jesus called her name, she knew that's not the gardener. You know, the devil knows my name, but he always calls me by my sin. Jesus knows my sin, but he always calls me by my name. Jesus could have said to her, oh, you are the woman who had seven demons. Oh, you are that filthy woman that I delivered. None of that. None of that. Your past will never be discussed again. It's under the blood of Jesus. Your past is not for up for discussion. He will call you by your name. And God is here to say to you tonight, I know your name. I know exactly who you are. That's why, that's why, where is that brother that, that testified Sunday morning about his mother? There he is. When he said, when he went to the hospital and he said, Mom, and she recognized, is your mother here tonight? Okay, where is she? Oh, there is his mother. And when he said, Mom, she recognized the voice because she was in ICU, and that way they knew she was not brain dead. I'm telling you, if that works with a son to a mother, how much more does it work when the Lord calls your name? He will pull you out of the ICU. He will pull you out of death. He will pull you out of your tomb, and he will resurrect you. Say after me tonight, say tonight, no, say tonight, I will hear my name. I will hear my name. Mary, 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 I'm so glad I, oh Mary, I'm so glad. Mary, I must be honest, I'm not surprised you are here. Mary, I'm not surprised you're the only one here. Mary, I'm not surprised the others went home. Because Mary, now that I just came out of hell, 
Mary, I saw that snake that demonized you. I saw that devil that demonized you. I looked him in the eyes. Mary, Mary, I understand completely why you are the one that's waiting on my arrival. Mary, Mary. Oh God, give me the passion of a Mary. I don't need to write a book, Lord. I just want to leave my footprint at the crucifixion. Oh, and when I preach Jesus, let them hear how I preach the crucifixion. Every now and then you're going to hear me talk about the crucifixion. And you're going to hear me talk about the tomb that is empty. Why? Because you must find my footprint, my preaching. The footprint of those two things must be in my preaching, in our discussions, in our prayers. It must, you must, if it's not there, we are not in 100% of the gospel. The gospel is a person. The gospel is Jesus. And I've, there's too many churches, they talk about motivation and they motivate people, but I never hear the name of Jesus. Sorry, guys. We're going to go back to the true gospel. How many of you are here tonight for the true gospel? <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I preach a little bit more? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And... Uh, Mary, she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But my father, he's on his way to his father. But the first thing he's doing is he's thinking about his brothers. He said, go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God, my God, your God, my father, your father, family. Go to my brothers. He did not say, go and tell Peter the one that fell asleep in, in Gethsemane. Come on. Go and tell Peter that one that cut the ears. Go and tell those people that left me. No, no, no. Go to my brethren. God is calling you brothers and sisters. He does not repeat your past. So Mary is now going to the brothers to go and tell what? She's, she's going she's to tell him or tell them that, they've seen the, that she's seen the Lord. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that she had seen the Lord. That she had seen the Lord. She was the first one who saw him alive. She was the first one that announced his resurrection. She was the first one who preached the gospel. It was not Peter. It was not Mark. It was not Luke. It was an ex-demonized woman who preached the gospel. Here the word of the Lord is going to be the outcast. It's going to be the filthy. It's going to be the, the scum of the world that will come in the entire move. They will come in by the millions and they will populate heaven and plunder hell because they will preach him in a way Sorry, guys. Maybe I'm too excited. I need to act like a 70-year-old man. Help me, Jesus. This thing is so powerful. It blesses me. I 
And the same day at the evening being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. <laughs> He's the peacemaker. He's a God of peace. It blesses me when I read these scriptures and I realize her footprint speaks volumes. You know, in Africa, when you go on a safari, they will tell you these footprints. It's the footprints of lions, but it's a day old. These footprints is the footprints of a leopard. It's a few hours old. And then sometimes you come across footprints and they will tell you, these footprints is very, very fresh. And then, they will even tell you sometimes, these footprints is not, not an hour. And then, when the footprints disappear, you find the line. In my spirit, when I go to the crucifixion, and I, I'm not, I was not at the crucifixion, obviously, it's 2,000 years ago, but I just go into the spiritual realm, and I'm, I'm trying to imagine the crucifixion. But here in the one spot, I find the footprint of a woman, and I find it to be the freshest footprint of all the footprints. And my question is why? And I can see that she's been very intense and she's been very passionate. And I can see this is more or less where she spent hours watching the crucifixion. And I say, Lord, it looks like the footprint of Mary Magdalene. When I go to the, to the tomb, if I can go there early in the morning, and the Holy Spirit can take me there. I will find the same footprint I found at the cross. It's the same footprint. Oh my goodness. It's a footprint of a woman. I wonder. Wow. I think I know who this is. I think this is that woman who had seven demons. You see, this is not, I'm not going to lay hands on you for your healing or maybe I will not prophesy to you. You say, well, Pastor Andre, I came for a similar meeting as last night. Uh, uh, why did you go into this direction tonight? The Holy Ghost is over every meeting. God is saying, let me restore your passion. Let me restore your love. I grew up in Pentecost. I've seen great revivals, great meetings. I've seen incredible revivals. I've seen incredible things. I've been in services where we had seven meetings a week. I remember in 97, 98, 97, 98, I had 90 meetings, 91 meetings in 90 days in four nations. New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, America. That's, I mean, that is a spectrum time zones like you cannot believe it. We had up to three services on a day. I preached seven times a week, every week. Saturday morning, I fly to the next church. Churches were jam-packed with people. 
Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I was in one church, Assembly of God, West Monroe, Louisiana. I went there for two services, became four. Became 14 services, two weeks. Within three services, four services, we had more people than they ever had there in 15 years. That's what the pastor told me. The balcony filled up with people. What happened when the Holy Ghost comes in, when Jesus is revealed to the people, the footprint of the people flocked to the house of the Lord. Let's pray that soon thousands of footprints will be found outside Victory Church. How many of you believe God is going to restore the passion in his house? Mary was not influenced by any of the disciples that went home. They all went home. She decided, I will not go home. It takes a lot of conviction to be the only one that will say, I will take a stand even if I stand alone. But it's the standaloners, and I know that's not the right word, but it's the standaloners that will make an announcement that the others will not be able to announce. Jesus is alive. Sorry, Peter. When I go to heaven one day, I want to talk to Peter and I tell him, Sorry, sir, you went home. You could have been the announcer. You could have been the first one that had preached the gospel. I know you were an apostle. Don't tell me that. I know you resurrect the dead. And I know you wrote first and second Peter. And I know you were all over the book of Acts. But Peter... Peter, when everybody went home, there was a woman who had seven demons. She was the one who was willing to carry weight of a dead body. Imagine Jesus looking at her. She wants to carry me. If I was in Jesus' shoes, I think I would have lost it right there. May God find you in conversations. And may God find you making confessions, statements, saying things that will impress him so much. Come on. He hears what you say. He hears what you think. Yeah, he hears what you think. And may God look at you the way he looked at Mary Magdalene. And say, that woman, she's different. That man, I'm watching him. Nobody knows what I saw. But I saw what he's doing behind the scenes. When God look at me, I hope he takes a step back and saying, huh, I like what you do, son. I like what you do. If you say tonight, fill me with a passion of a Mary Magdalene. Can I tell you something? In my own life, 
I've developed a new love for the crucifixion. And I'm 42 years in ministry. I have developed a new passion and love for the empty tomb and the resurrection. Because I realize without that, there is no gospel. That is the two pillars of the gospel. And I have a new passion for it. And I want to please him. And I want to be one of those that when the end comes and we stand before the throne, that God will say to me, good and faithful servant. But I think I'm going to hear these words. I'm so glad, Andre, you've never gone home. Pray this after me. Keep your eyes open. It's open air, open eye prayer. Say, I will not go home. How many of you are ready to go home and say, I'm going to restore my footprint? Come on, when you read the scriptures, do you read all the scriptures that talks about prosperity? Do you only read the healing scriptures? Start to read the crucifixion and the resurrection and start to watch the footprint of even the disciples and God will restore you into somebody that when others see your footprint, they will follow Christ. You see, church, it's not about a feel-good meeting tonight. It's about how will this meeting affect the week and the months and the years that's coming. If this, minute, if this evening is only about your healing and only you getting a prophetic word and only you feel good and only you feel the goosebumps and only you feel the shake of the Holy Ghost, then it's not complete. This is all about going out of that door and people watching you and say, there's something about this man. There's something about this man. Come on, church. Come on, church. I don't know, your church is off. I don't know where the people can drive by, but in certain places, when they drive by the church, they can see you are at church. Let's imagine somebody already drove by and they saw your, oh, there's her car. Her car is at the church again. Can you believe it? I saw her car the Monday, Sunday morning, and you will not believe me. She was there Sunday night. Oh, I heard they have meetings Monday night. Oh, her car is there again. You will see her car. Oh, I don't know who that woman is, but there's something about her, man. She's at that church all the time. No, sir, it's not her car. It's her footprint. Years ago, I had a businessman that came to me. He said, Andre, you have not traveled enough. Why don't you come and we'll help you in business and set you up so that you can make money. You cannot go on like this, Andre. You're preaching, I'm preaching. You cannot. I said, no, 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 sir. You don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not going to go into a business while he died. 59 years old. By the grace of God, I'm still preaching. I'm not better than him. Another man came to me and said, Andre, in South Africa, why don't you come back to South Africa and we will help you with business, Andre. Please come and you have a great gift. We, we, Andre, you cannot go on like this. And I, I said, I love South Africa, but I cannot come back for business. 
because if I now go back and do business, I will leave a different kind of footprint. And those that follow me will say, he had an incredible footprint. But when he got older, he went in a different direction. And uh, unfortunately, his footprint, you cannot follow it anymore. <laughs> I've got one hallelujah. I've got one woman that's excited. Amen. I've got a second one. I know you, you already qualified yesterday. <laughs> you are one of those regulars, you know. <laughs> are you getting something out of this? Is this, is, this, is this challenging you? Is it changing you? Is it the truth? One day when I go to heaven, I'm going to talk to Mary Magdalene and I'm going to tell her, Mary, you inspired me more than Peter. Mary, I'm so glad you never went home because that showed us then God will allow the scum of the world to preach the gospel first before all the gospel writers. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So what am I saying to you? Your background cannot hold you back. God says, I need you. Go tell my brethren, your brethren, my God, your God, family. Come on, we are family. Please cheer up. Put a smile on your face. It's not as bad as you think it is. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, thank you for keyboards up here. I need some keyboards up here. Thank you, ma'am. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why she must walk through there, but it's probably holy ground up there. And then she comes out here, you know. She could have just come take a short drive. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's the long route. You should have taken the short route, ma'am. <laughs> it started... When it was still dark. It started when everybody was snoring and asleep. She was already at the tomb. Jesus, I hope you will find me in places. You don't need to be at a different place, but next time God wake you up 3 o'clock in the morning, don't say it's too dark. Why can I not sleep 3 o'clock in the morning? Go to your prayer closet when it's still dark. And if you do it, God will say, hmm. she doesn't wait until six. She's up at three. She couldn't sleep. She reminds me of Mary. Mary was already up at dark. In fact, she was already dressed. She was not up with coffee. She was already at the tomb when it was still dark. I pray, God, that you will resurrect tonight people in this church that will do things different than the rest. People that will be up and ready to go. People that will take responsibility. 
I pray, God, that you will fill us tonight with a passion, the passion of Mary Magdalene. I pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that this will be a church that will be first in many ways. Come on. She was the first one that preached the gospel. I want this church to be the first church that will do something that no, 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 no other church is doing. Whatever that is, whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you, be the first church. Don't wait for somebody else to do it first. Be first. Come on. When God spoke to me about the upper room, I said, Lord, why do you talk to me about the upper room? I said, God, there's no example of what an upper room looked like. Why do you want me to talk to leaders? Now we're talking to global leaders. God, why do you want to talk to me? I had headaches because I said, God, I'm doing something that I've never seen anybody else do. But you know what? Today I thank the Lord that I have done it when I had no clue what I was doing. Because when God say to you, do it do it and God is going to have a, f a first church I'm not talking about first assembly because I know about first assembly the assemblies of God has a lot of churches that's called first assembly I'm not talking about that I'm talking about people that say the Lord is leading us in this direction and we're going to be we're going to be the first church that will do this because we need first church we need pioneering churches we need pioneering churches amen come on going not knowing but going Abraham going not knowing but going and that's that's my whole life I'm going not knowing always but I'm going and all I know is when I'm first it's a first it's a go in first anointing it's a go in first anointing that's the spirit that was on Mary Magdalene a go in when the pioneers came to America what did they do they went to the west coast many of them died many of them never saw the west coast but why wow, today we reap the benefits of America because of pioneers that came in here first and discover America but I'm talking about the spirit now we're in a new day and the church God needs to raise up churches and believers that'll say I will go first it's a new day I will wait no longer for other churches other pastors other people I'm gonna be first when God speaks to us we're gonna do it we're not gonna wait come on if you say tonight I want to have that spirit of Mary Magdalene I want to go first I want to have that spirit of Abraham going not knowing by faith Abraham were going not knowing and you know what happened when he went in first the the Lord even took care of his descendants his, his, his sons and I want to say to you tonight you are here on a Monday night and God is bringing you into a going in first anointing why because God says you will pioneer you will break it open and your children will benefit and your children's children will benefit so you are here on a Monday night for a huge task in the Holy Ghost if you say tonight Pastor Andre I want to be first I want to leave a footprint. Come to the altar and say, you're talking to me. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're talking to me, sir. You're talking to me. Rhode Island is a small state, but, but it can start in Rhode Island. You know, people always say, I think it's going to start in Dallas. I think it's going to start in Texas. I think it's going to start in, no, 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 sir. Oh, it's going to start down south. How about Rhode Island? Why not Rhode Island? 
spoke to a man yesterday. He said, where is Rhode Island? I said, it's northeast. <laughs> He's in the south. Where is no Rhode Island? I pray that God will leave a footprint of the Holy Spirit in Rhode Island. That people will never ask again, where is Rhode Island? God can do a Holy Ghost breakthrough in this place. That people will hear about Rhode Island to say there is a church in Rhode Island. When everybody went home, they went to church on a Monday night and God did something. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hands and when you lift your hand, it's, uh, it is just a sign. It is just a sign of surrender. If somebody put a gun at your head and you lift both your hands internationally, that's the sign of surrender. Lord, we surrender to you tonight. Jesus. Jesus, 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 I want to apologize that sometimes you did not find me where you thought I will be. Jesus, I want to ask forgiveness that when you expected me to be the one that you will find, you found somebody else that cannot even preach and that's not even in the ministry. But because they were delivered so deeply, you found them. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Father, I thank you tonight. You're going to restore the footprints of men and women. I thank you tonight. You're going to restore the footprints of mothers and fathers, young people. I thank you tonight, God, that you're going to restore. If you need to, you can restore even the footprint of Victory Church. So that soon people will start to talk about a footprint that they find here in this Rhode Island area. And they will say, man, there's a passionate people there. There's a people with a new kind of passion there. There's a people they worship different. Their passion has changed. Their zeal has changed. They are up dark. They do not go home easily. They don't stop. You cannot, you cannot stop them. They don't look at the majority. They are not led by the majority. They are led by the Holy Ghost. There's a church there, man. They are going first. They see miracles we've never seen. They see restoration of the healing miracles in America we've never seen. Something is happening. Father, I pray tonight, do it. Do it, do it, Lord. Holy Ghost, only you can do it. Holy Spirit, I can preach with passion. But I cannot fill people with passion. I can preach with my own passion. But I cannot give you my passion. The passion comes from the Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight that you will fill people with a new and a fresh passion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill her, Lord. Fill her, Lord. Fill her up, Lord. Fill her up. Amen. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want you to cry out to the Lord. Let Him hear your cry. Let Him hear your cry. Hallelujah. God says, I know your tears. I know your brokenness. I know where you come from. I know your background. I know who you are. And God is saying tonight, I will not call you by your sin. I'm calling you by your name. I'm calling you by your name. Mary, Peter, John. I call you by your name. Jesus is saying, I will never call you by your sin. My name is not the devil. 
Come on, the devil calls you by your sin knowing your name. Jesus said, no, I will call you by your name. And I forgot about your sin. I forgot about your sin because I removed it as far as the west is from the east. So come on, church. God, I want you to restore people tonight. I want you to st- restore people. There's people tonight, God says, I'm going to restore you by just based on that statement. But just based because you think God is going to call out your dirt and God's going to call out your filth and God is going to call out all your mistakes. No, He says, no, I'm calling you by your name. Father, I pray that you will deliver people tonight. 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 Set them free. Let them know it's a new day. Let them know that their footprint will count. Take it, man, it's yours. Take it, man, it's yours. Take it, man, it's yours. Take it, sir, it's yours. Take it, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Hallelujah. Take it. It's yours, ma'am. It's yours. Fire of God upon her, Lord. Fire of God. Touch the Lord, I pray. Touch the Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Touch this man, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch this man, Lord, I pray. In the Watch the power of God is on him. Hallelujah. Power of God is on this lady. Father, I thank you for your touch upon her. 